brand new edition of the call it's a baltimore ravens podcast where we talk anything and everything baltimore ravens football thank you all for listening to us on apple Podcasts, stitcher tune in player.fm overcast google Podcasts, spotify facebook and youtube well welcome back to the call podcast we are here to recap the last week in Ravens news and what a week it has been last Thursday I got to say the beginning of the draft potentially the most historic day in Baltimore Ravens history I might have to say that they doled out a huge contract to one Lamar Jackson who as we are recording this right now today on May the 4th may the 4th be with everybody out there uh Lamar Jackson has signed it the ink is is dry. He is officially a Raven for the next five years and a very, very rich man. Joining me, as always, to talk all about it, all things Baltimore Ravens, my buddy Josh. What's going on, man? How you doing? Doing. I'm doing good. Doing good. And Lamar's Lamar's doing great because he's uh he's a little richer than little. Uh, literally. <laughs> um. Wow. What a powerhouse breaking news move hours before the draft i'm watching draft coverage and all of a sudden like was it right at dinner time like what right about five o'clock eastern time boom it was like it was like what what the news was like breaking news there's been significant uh talks with the ravens and lamar and then like five minutes later it was like deal done like they've come to an agreement it was like bam bam and stole the thunder for at least a little bit um you know talking about the round one and heading into that draft coverage, but uh, for all it's worth, for all the arguments and the drama, it has come to an end, and Lamar gets the bag, and the Ravens have him for the next five years. Um, all I gotta say is wow. Um, and I will say this: um, there are a few remarks that I made in the in the waning months, you know, leading up to this, and I have to eat a piece of humble pie because I've said all along he needs an agent. Um, I've been in that corner and being very vocal about that saying like, look, there's a reason why 99% of the players out there have agents. And there's a very few that don't. Um, it's not like the majority of the league doesn't have agents and he bucked the trend and got an agent. There's a reason why. Right. And I will have to, I, I do have to give a round of applause and say, look, he proved me wrong and everybody else because he, he and his video mom. got done without an agent and wow. And what a deal it was. I mean, so Kudos to, you know, Lamar and his group and, and his mom, I know, was involved in that. So, wow, they they literally just served it up to us saying it can get done, and it did. And the Ravens employ two cornerstones right now, one on offense, one on defense, two without agents, and two deals got done in less than a calendar year. So it can be done out there. And, and a deal like this magnitude, it speaks volumes, especially without an agent negotiating that. But it's been a long two years. It's been drama-filled. It's been frustrating. 
the fan base has been divided as we know, but hey, I, I'm I'm willing uh, I'm willing to graciously eat my humble pie. It tastes really good and no it has no ranch anywhere on it. Um, <laughs> you asked about that. Um, I'm going to dip out mine in blue cheese. Um, but um, yeah, no, it, it's historic day for Ravens and Baltimore dishing out that sort of contract, and we're going to certainly talk about it. But again, I just certainly want to start off by saying I was per wrong with the whole agent situation. So um, kudos to everybody involved, man. Wow. Yeah, it, it's. I'm very happy that this is over. I'm so I was I was sick of it a year ago talking about this contract negotiation and what it meant for the team and I even said it mid season probably early season somebody at the end of this uh, end of this season is gone it's either Harbaugh or Lamar and they're both still here and I'm happy about that uh, Lamar had a press conference earlier today and people were asking about some things asking for a trade and, and and what that meant or whatever and Lamar pretty much was like look that's in the past we're moving forward let's talk about the next season I want to be on the field I'm done being uh, an agent for myself like now I get to focus on football I think everybody wins in this situation this is a big deal though this is a huge contract it's not the fully guaranteed like the Deshaun Watson deal I think uh, throughout the last year or so it's kind of proven that it that, was never going to be. Yeah, that was I, the issue. I think you had to pass that, and I think something changed in the last what month or so that Lamar. Lamar, it was said this, and I forget, and I don't want to be quoted by saying this, but somebody on the national media, don't know if it was ESPN NFL Network, said the the way that this moves forward is Lamar's perspective and way he feels about his contract situation has to change in order for them to move forward. So. Him getting off the snide on that fully guaranteed deal to now, something changed in his heart to say, you know what, fine. And I think, look, we don't know, but look, it, the last major contract given out was Jalen Hurts, and I think every contract after Deshaun wasn't fully guaranteed. You know, I, I can't remember for life of me if, if Josh Allen's was before after the uh, Deshaun Watson. I feel like Deshaun Watson's contract was so long ago, I can't even remember when it was. Um, you know, Kyler Murray got paid. Jalen Hurts got paid. There's a few others that have been getting paid and wasn't fully guaranteed. So I think after Lamar probably saw that, my perspective on it, thinking that that he probably saw that and was like, all right, you know what? I'm not going to get it. Let me get off the snide. But, um, you know, it comes at a crossroads with – and I want to ask you about this because, you know, you, you mentioned something about, like, the trade request and all the drama. I and Lamar didn't want to talk about Mr. Crash Conference, but you know what? We're going to talk about McCall. And I really want to unpack that because what about all the shenanigans and reading between the lines and the hearsay of the last two plus years of what was said? You think about the remarks last year, bud. Like, um, remember Harbaugh at the press conference, you know, being very vague and they'd be like, I'm just coaching the guys over here. Remember him not traveling with the team to the playoff game, which rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And a lot of folks had to say about that, you know, the, you know, getting hurt for the second straight year and, and a lot of naysayers about that. And then it, it just, a lot came out. And then remember the trade request right before, you know, remember he wasn't negotiating last year, the, the year went through, then the trade request came out in March. Um, and then the non-exclusive tag, the Ravens were calling this bluff saying, all right, go Lamar, go find your worth. And then you just seen things transpired. So it's kind of like, and then remember with Lamar, like putting that statement out on, on Twitter and like kind of like thanking the fans. It's like, well, we, you know, it whipped everybody into a frenzy because we certainly covered it. And 
what we saw was evidence that made you lead to believe like, all right, Lamar, like if you don't want to be here, leave. My stance was always all along and people, I'm going to set the record straight. Like I personally believe he was always going to be here. I'm not going to, I'm not saying that now because he signed and I'm not sitting here tomorrow and saying, I was right. You guys were wrong. No, I just ultimately, when the Ravens put that non-exclusive on him, man, I knew that was the Ravens calling his bluff saying, all right, you feel like you're worth this. Go find it. It came out now that Eric DaCosta said in an interview that the, the ploy was that is they were already prepared to match most deals that they were going to probably get anyway. I, I said that. I said that's what that was the ploy. I said the Ravens called Lamar's bluff saying, you think you're worth this, go get it. And if they get a contract, teams – and I think the whole team – the whole collusion thing was a, was a deflection. I think what it was is teams knew that the Ravens were going to match most deals, so they didn't want to do the Ravens' dirty work and negotiate with Lamar. Then the Ravens would come in and go, okay, we'll match it. You're a Raven anyway. And the Ravens didn't have to do the dirty work. So that's where I think that came involved. And the whole trade request and every, all the bars being traded back forth, I feel like now looking back and on it now that the deal's done, it was probably all business and all showmanship, you know, maybe for the public and the media that, that maybe, you know, I don't know if it was done on purpose, but it just made it. Now it's all relevant. Like, like Lamar's kind of right. Like it's in the past. doesn't matter now. He inked a five-year deal, make a deal. It doesn't matter what was said or what was done. What matters is now moving forward, right? The future. And that's what he alluded to in his press conference. So I kind of agree with him there, but at the same time, we can certainly talk about it here in all the forums of, you know, breaking down the drama and what was said. I mean, you know, you even were on the show, right? You said a few episodes ago, you were you, at the offseason. We're like, I don't think it was either Harbaugh or Lamar's not going to be a Raven going forward this year. I think the team's going to look majorly different. And you kind of seen the writing on the wall was kind of like made you believe like, is Lamar not going to be here? Are the Ravens really not going to make this deal done? Are they not going to move? It was like, and it made you think. And it was kind of like, and then people are arguing, right? Fans. It's like, you know, is he worth it? The team wins with him in the regular season, but the playoffs, there's a lot to go there. And it's like, at the end of the day, I sat at the Scar Lounge. I puffed on my cigar when I was asked, and I said, he's going to be a Raven. And that's how I ultimately felt about it at the end of the day. I said, I don't want to be right, but I just knew. I was like, he ain't going nowhere because very few teams are going to use his services. Very few teams were in the market for that. Also, I know the Colts were linked at one point, which they needed a quarterback and they drafted one in, in, in the NFL draft with the fourth pick. But what's said and done is that's the problem is what do the Ravens do at quarterback then? You know, there was a lot of interesting discussions on it, but I think all said and done, it was all business. It was all part of the part of the process. And now it doesn't matter. He's a, he's a Raven for the next five years and he can make a deal. So what say you, man? What, what do you think about what was said and done over the last few months recently, over the last two two years? Um, given the, some of the points that I made, mentioned there. What do you think, man? I, I'm happy the deal is done. I'm happy the drama is over. Uh, I think that there's so much discourse on Twitter between fans of what the Ravens did right, what the Ravens did wrong, what Lamar did right, what Lamar did wrong. I think this is why you have agents. Like Lamar did, yes. Lamar saved himself about $8 million by not having an agent, so good for him. But... This is why you keep all of this behind closed doors, why you have uh, agents do this type of thing. I thought this relationship was completely strained and there was no way of getting it back. I mean, when Lamar put those tweets out saying that he requested a trade while Harbaugh was at the microphone at that ownership meeting or whatever it was, I was like, how do you come back from that? How do you go into a, a locker room trusting this guy as your quarterback when he threw you under the bus at a press conference? Now, could it have been uh, something very innocent, like Lamar didn't know that was going on? Sure, it could have been. 
But at the time that happened, I was like, there's no coming back from this. But you look at them at the press conference, Lamar and Harbaugh, they look they look chummy. They look happy. Everybody's hunky-dory. So, I mean, I guess, like you said, it's in the past. We all are going to move on. Harbaugh is better, a better man than me, I'll tell you that much, because if that happened to me, I wouldn't be working with Lamar again. I, I would have taken that to heart. Uh, it might just be that's just my personality. Maybe I need to ease up a little bit, but – when that happened, if that would have happened to me, I would have been like, no, nah, I'm not working with that guy anymore. That's that's you know too what it far. Makes me think of, though, I know business is business. It's one thing, but it makes me feel like it's like family, right? Like you can't sit here with straight things and say, well, I've never argued with family or close sure. friends. We all have. Yeah. We've all had disagreements. We've yelled at each other. We've apologized. It happens. And that's kind of the way I look at it, right? Like you're right. Like Coach Drew, quarterback under the bus. I, and, and you echo what a lot of folks – and I was starting to think about it too, like that, like my perspective changed. Remember I was even quoted in some of my group chats. Like I was out of Lamar's corner. Cause I thought the relationship was strained as well. Like I didn't think it at first. And I'm thinking like now more so than ever, it's like the things that were said and done, it made you believe like this probably won't get done. Maybe the relationship is. And, and like a lot of my best friends were like, I don't think how they get it done, how he comes back. Right. You say the relationship's so strained. It, it's negative now, but now it's kind of like, doesn't matter you know the deal got done in the in despite of all that so um they overcome the adversity and i guess they put their feelings aside but it just it, again we can sit here and ask the same questions over again but we're not going to get answers but i'm truly would, would love to know why Harbaugh was kind of like coarse a little bit and was like i'm just here the coach guys that are here why would you say that now knowing months ago they didn't think the deal was probably going to get done there and there was progress that led into the the last few weeks and months aside, but you know, it, it's just a lot of, it makes you think about it and put things in perspective. But again, I, I think we've all said things, said some things and done some things that, you know, we disagree with and we regret, but we ask for forgiveness and we move on and let it slide. But you're right. Looking at the presser today of the little bit excerpts that I caught, um, I, unfortunately I wasn't able to listen live through the entirety, but I did catch some of the highlights, catch some of the, uh, things that were said in the statements and you write the body language. I mean, it was, but again, of course, everybody's relieved. They finally got it done. I think, I think, um, I think Eric DeCosta said in the beginning, no, no, no. I think Lamar did when he, when he signed, he was posing signing the deal. And I remember him uh, breathing under his breath saying, finally. And I'm like, yeah, man, finally, like finally got done. Like you finally guys agreed on something and the terms of it, you know, we could certainly break that down. I know I shared it a little bit ago, uh, but the final numbers came out here. We already knew it was 260 total through five years. It was total, it was really 185 million guaranteed was the real number we were looking at. But that's like full like injury guarantee. The real guarantee is 135 do it signing fully guaranteed. So he's got that in the bag. It's actually 156 of that's over the first three years. Um, $72 million signing bonus was really rich there. And he's getting 80 million in year one. There's a no tag clause and a no trade clause. So there's two important things in a deal that are in that language. So no matter what, it's raving for five years until they want to rework it in 2027, right? Yeah, five years. So um, if they want to extend that even further, and, and, and the Ravens are in a win-win there with that because if he goes out and delivers what he said all along, and we get a third championship here in Baltimore, they're going to extend that probably well before it expires. And if he doesn't do well, then they're going to let that play out in five years and see where we land in five years. But, and I think that's where they're at there. And, 
and for all the naysayers out there, and I, I, you know, a lot of folks are like, you know, they think they're salary cap experts and like, oh, they're holding it too much. The, the Ravens are not, not, um, not lacking in this department. It's a smart move. I mean, yeah, I don't know what it's going to be back end loaded, but I know front end loaded at least for twenty twenty three. It's cap friendly. Um, able to make some moves. They signed a corner this this week, and we'll talk about that as well. Again, you know, the Ravens, just because they want to shell out 260, you know, and you can certainly get mad at holding the team hostage, right? You're allowed to have that opinion perspective, but keep in mind, I know he hasn't delivered a Super Bowl yet, alone a few more playoff wins, but what was what was Patrick Mahomes' deal? I'm not trying to compare this deal and this quarterback to Mahomes, but if Lamar went out and won a Super Bowl, and what, did Mahomes get like half a billion dollars? Was it 500 million? over like 10 years or something like talk about holding the team hostage. They couldn't yeah. pay Eric Hill. So look, look what, and look what the um, Packers did. I mean, now that Aaron Rodgers is a jet now, it doesn't matter, but they did the same thing. Aaron Rodgers make a deal, couldn't pay Devonta Adams. So he had to get, so, you know, there it's a business as well. And I don't want to get involved in salary cap structures. And that's another side of the business, but let them handle that. And at the end of the day, I know people are upset about the contract and he wasn't deserving of it. Again, can have your opinion, but I say this, what do you care? It's not your money. Like if the Ravens want to go out and spend 260 million on a guy that's won one playoff game that you keep saying over again, let them. Okay. Whatever. My beef is what would you replace him with? If, okay. You don't want to give him that contract. I kind of challenge people on that. Like, again, you take last year in perspective before the injury, the Ravens are averaging 27 points a game with him and magically 13 point games without him. So it was half. And I know they barely, Lost to the Bengals back-to-back weeks with a backup, but I swear Lamar plays in that. Yeah, he don't probably throw for four touchdowns and 400 yards, but Lamar plays and stays healthy. Ravens probably at least make the division around, not the title game. They march right over the Bengals, and they don't even matter. It was a weak AFC last year, and I feel like the Ravens could have – there's a reason why. the Ra- But and my frustration, we can talk about it, whether it's today, tomorrow, um, in recent you – know, in the next few shows here, but – my beef is the problem with Lamar. It's like, look, the Ravens have won 73% of the games if he started. It's remarkable, right? But why doesn't that translate to the playoffs? There's a problem there. And that's the criticism and the frustration. But, um, you know, certainly, but again, you know, happy for him. And like you say, he bagged the money for his mom. Uh, apparently it was revealed in the press conference. That's who he gave it to. You know, he didn't want to trust an agent. Um, he trusts his own counsel, his own mom, and kudos to, you know, ha- with her expertise, whatever it was in this situation, you know, on the hinges of coming with Mother's Day coming up. It don't even have to be Mother's Day, but it's just kind of fitting in that regard. But look, he took care of his own. He didn't hire an agent who just looks out for everybody else, right, and, and wants to get paid. And, and it's no disrespect to the agents. Obviously, that's a job and a profession, and those guys need to get paid too, right? You know, but Lamar kind of didn't want to go that route and said, you know what? I'm going to secure the bag for my mom. And dude, that to me means a lot. And I applaud him for doing that. So that's something I support. You can choose not to, but bagging the bag in the bag for your mom is, is that was a special story for me. Yeah, But he also did say oh, for mother's day, he's going to get his mom some flowers. I think at this point you need to buy her like a field of flowers, not just like a bouquet on mother's day. You gotta, you gotta go maximum out on those flowers, man. Well, nice segue because uh, Lamar also did get some flowers. Uh, that's first. right. But hold on. Before before we do that, it is a great segue. I will give oh, you that. Oh, you missed it. Great segue. However, I, I have a question for you. All right. What's up? What's with, with, this next, with this next five years, with the amount, like you said, it's not, it's not our money. It's the team money. They can do with it as they please. 
at what point does this contract become a success or this contract is unsuccessful? Is it Lamar plays all five years? Is it Lamar in the Super Bowl? Is it Lamar winning a Super Bowl? At what point does this, is it multiple Super Bowls? Is it, is this contract, when is it worth it? When is it not going to be worth it? When's going to be like that dividing line to you? It's, well, I'm going to tell you this right now. It's worth it when he backs it up, what he said on draft night. You're going to give Super Bowl to me, believe that. This is the kind of money that I think that's what a lot of fans are upset with. This is what championship winning quarterbacks get. And, you know, he's not on that level, right? He can't even barely get out of their own way in the first round or whatever it is, maybe. I mean, they were a one seed marching through teams in 2019, should have probably won it all at that point, didn't do it. Didn't even win a playoff game, got one and done. At that point, when he delivers a championship, that's when it's vindicated. I would also second that saying, okay, even if you don't want to go that route, when he plays all five years and he's healthy because the last two years he hasn't been. So I kind of couple that because also the success of the team also depends on itself. So I think I may even marry the two and say, deliver a championship, but also stay healthy and ball out for five years. Um, play at that MVP level. Um, yeah, you don't need to win the MVP trophy every year, but, you know, go out and ball. You know, and, and, and I heard a lot in the press conference, right? He's excited. He got the playbook. Todd Munkin's going to do things. He wants to throw for 6,000 yards with this receiving core. Then go out and do it. I mean, there was a lot of wholesale changes this offseason. And you look at the team a month ago, Ravens really had new receivers and pretty much no quarterback. I'm not saying new receivers as obviously we know Duve and Bateman are getting healthy, but they revamped. You know, they added Beckham. You know, Lamar's now a Raven. We, you know, we thought Tyrell Huntley was probably going to be that. Not they were going to make a trade, a mega trade, and they're going to draft somebody this year. There was a lot of scenarios with that. And I bet, yeah, the answer to your question is right there, man. Now that you've gotten secured the contract and got it done, go out and ball out and, and make and prove everybody else wrong. You proved this wrong by getting a deal done without an agent. Why don't you go out and just do what you said you were going to do and deliver it? But here's another thing. And I had a conversation with my friend about this. You know, you look at five years from now, that means Lamar played a whole decade as a Raven, right? What if he doesn't deliver in five years? What do you do then? Do you let him go? But here's the other part of it. Not And again, not comparing, because people are going to take this out of context, not comparing Lamar to a Hall of Fame Super Bowl winning quarterback here, but John Elway, did he not win his championship until his final years? Wasn't he in the league like almost 20 years plus? If it takes that long, so be it. You know, I think that's why it's like you don't win the Super Bowl. Like, I think maybe people get spoiled because they look at Patrick Mahomes and winning a Super Bowl in his second year or Ben Rosberger doing it. It's like, oh, it's like instant success. I'm like, or Tom Brady winning it, you know, and stepping in for an injury. And then the legend of the GOAT seven Super Bowls later and 10 Super Bowl appearances later, he, it's born. Like, I think that's why we get so spoiled. We see greatness spawn just like that. And it's like Lamar won an MVP in his first year. And then we get the one seed and you go 14 and two and 12 straight wins. And people are like, that was it. And, then, and you're right. He has regressed and we haven't had playoff success, which is true. And people are critical in that, including me, but that's it. You got to go out and deliver. And, and I feel like, what's that look like? But I don't know. I, I just feel like, you know, I think the fan base is impatient. You know, we now have the franchise quarterback for the next five years, go out and ball and do what you're going to say you're going to do. And, if you want these guys pieces around you, but I don't know if you saw the interview of Mike Florio with Eric DaCosta, um, but it also, it's not only on the, on the players, but it is on management too. And we've always felt like they mismanaged Flacco's, uh, you know, prime years here, even though, yes, they went out and did deliver a Super Bowl in, four, in Super Bowl 47. Eric DaCosta said he's felt like 
he's let Lamar down and not put a supporting cast around him and give the, the help of Lamar. And I've always said that it's like they've hit or missed on receivers in the draft. Obviously, they they dread the Hollywood Brown. Yes, he has some highlight reels here, but he got traded two years later. So, um, you know, you got to go out and and, and they're doing it right. Is it up become the all the end all be all? No. Does he help? Yes. There's leadership there. Lamar alluded to it in the press conference. He's Super Bowl winning receiver. Um, he's been there. He's dynamic. He's a big name. It's going to help the young guys in our house here. And I feel like it's going to work out. Um, you know, but the Ravens got to do a good job of we've always thought that they didn't do with with Joe. And I feel like they haven't even done Lamar still is you have to surround him with better weapons. We've always we've always been crying. Right. And crying in a good for a good reason. Derek Carr gets, gets Devontae Adams. Yeah, that didn't really translate into success, but Derek Carr got Adams. You know, Tua down in Miami got Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek Hill, what, had 1,700 receiving yards with really virtually nobody thrown to him because Tua was in and out, and I don't even know who the Dolphins' backup was last year, but Tyreek Hill had 1,700 receiving yards last year. Like, you know, look, Kyle Murray gets DeAndre Hopkins, who the Ravens have been linked to here, and, and the chatter's been hot and cold, and been it's been interesting to say the least but that's the problem it's like i've always said that like look what you know the eagles lost they traded in for uh aj brown last year and the eagles made the super bowl almost won it so they didn't win it almost isn't winning it but they, they went all the way they were the final two teams left they were the final team left in the conference left you know the last man standing there so um and i've always felt like the ravens don't do that and i've always been saying they they don't. They overvalue the draft picks. They don't like to trade draft picks for that. And then, look what happened this past offseason. You know, or this past season into the offseason, they traded their second round pick to get Roquan inked into a long term deal. And then, after the first round pick was done, Eric DeCosta said, "I'm pretty proud not to have a second round pick. I'm pretty excited about it because look, it's Roquan Smith. It's a pretty stinking good second round draft pick, wouldn't you say?" So you know they've done that a little bit. So and this year they've they had to do a lot with a little. Um, because in this year's draft, they've had what a handful of picks, five or six at best. Um, you know, they they didn't really have anything to work with, so um, they had to make each pick count. Not that they, they don't in recent past or recent memory in past drafts, but they had to this year, um, given that they didn't have six, eight, ten, twelve like they usually do a stockpile of them. So um, that's the way I look at it. You know, the outlook of the team. But yeah, Lamar's got to deliver, and that. But it also goes to everybody else. You know, the the front office has to deliver putting the right pieces around them. The rest of the players have to step up, stay healthy, deliver in their own ring. I mean, it's a team sport at the end of the day, man. Lamar can't do it himself. And I feel like that was part of the issue. He pressed, pressed too much, put on himself and can't be Superman and got to relax and let your guys help you out. And uh, I'm excited for this year, man. You know, with the, with the all, new offense, new look, new coordinator, they got rid of their strength and conditioning coach. So maybe guys can stay healthy for once. And I'm looking forward to, I mean, this year, it's like tempered expectation. Like I'm excited and seeing everything going on, but it's also like what's going to happen. People come off injury. The Lamar things put the rest with the drama. So it's, you know, Hey, tempered expectations, but I'm excited to get there. And we, we were driving past the bank last night, man. And we said, what, you know, three months, I mean, literally 90 days plus from now, a little bit less than hundred days, we're going to be playing preseason football in Baltimore. So um, it's early May. It's going to come quick. Summer's going to come and go. And, uh, we're gonna we're gonna ramp it up, but um, not only that, but fresh contract. Now we got some fresh Ravens on the uh, draft coming off the draft. Uh, what'd you think? 
That's right. So this was this was a different kind of draft class than the Ravens are used to. Uh, it was a lot uh, smaller of a class. And you and I said they're definitely going to be taking a cornerback in the first round. They're going to go after the guy from Maryland. That's going to be the number one pick. And we were wrong. And uh, it turned out that they went after a wide receiver, Zay Flowers. He was the number one pick at number 22. And they stayed put at 22. They didn't move back. They didn't do any trades in the first round. They waited till round seven to do a trade. So they got to add one more piece to the puzzle. But Zay Flowers, a wide receiver, uh, another sign to Lamar Jackson that uh, they wanted to improve the offense here. They got a, a brand-new wide receiver core, and Zay Flowers is going to be a big part of that. So he's a South Florida guy. Lamar knew of him. Apparently the two of them are going to be working out uh, before training camp starts together in South Florida. But uh, Zay Flowers, wide receiver from Boston College, what were your thoughts on this round one? Well, my thoughts are, I kind of, first off, I went away from, I think on the call, I did say Deontay Banks, right? But then mm -hmm. uh, a couple of folks uh, were going back and forth on Twitter. I was asked right for the draft you got, and I mentioned Zay Flowers in a group of, of three players, including Deontay Banks, Joey Porter Jr., who unfortunately went to his father's old team and our arch nemesis mm -hmm. Steelers, of course. That was the second and, round too, right? Yeah, and I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, it was second round. But Zay Flowers was the third guy I mentioned. I had a feeling that if that was the receiver they were looking at, that's probably who we're going to end up. Um, I thought they were going to go corner and get Deontay Banks. I think, you know, he screamed, you know, a Raven, uh, you know, of course, staying in-house in with being a Maryland Terrapin. And Giants got a good one. He went to the New York Giants a few picks after us. So the guys from the lounge are calling the Giants Baltimore North because there's so many <laughs> Baltimore they guys are, up there. Man. I mean, literally, they got wing. They got all these other players. And uh, we, we've always joked that we remember previously when Rex Ryan went to the Jets, the Jets were the Ravens of the North because they would take like they took Leonard and like all. And then now, you know, they had CJ Mosley and they would take, take like all the Ravens like players. Yeah. Uh, so now it's apparently it's the Giants at this point. No, I mean sitting at pick twenty-two, a lot of folks were like, "Do they trade back?" I know there's some chatter on the on the um, call Facebook and Discord. That we were like, "All right, do they trade back? Um, you know, do they stay put?" I felt like they were going to stay put with the value they had there at twenty-two. There was a lot of good players falling. There was a lot of good value, but what happened was historic. For the first time ever, there was a run on receivers, and four of them went in a row, including the Ravens at number three there. Um, you know, not number three pick, but number twenty-two. Obviously, they took the third receiver in a row. And it was a flowers. The, the knock on him all the right away was a lot of folks were like, he looks like a Hollywood Brown lookalike and he's undersized five, nine, you know, immediately thought when I saw five, nine, five, 10 ish, I was like, there's another receiver out there. Again, don't want to compare a college rookie to current NFL star, but Tyree kill is pretty small. He's five, what, five, nine, five, 10 caught 1700 passing yards last year. So leading receiver. So Size does matter, but does it really? Because look, we know small dudes are balling out. You know, Ray Race balled out here for years as a running back. Um, J.K. J. J. Dobbins is, is is his own right. You don't need that big Jamal Lewis, Derrick Henry bruising back, even though we we miss those days. But you know, now it's you know quicker, and more finesse in the run game, and um, now in the passing game. And I feel like you know, the Ravens they they kind of want speed. And and at the end of that, when I because I didn't really know much about him, right? Boston College receiver. Um, saw some of the highlight reels. I was like, okay, it looks like he's got some good hands, right? Good explosive plays. But Eric DaCosta says something stood out to me. And maybe this is why we don't do the draft. You know, we don't draft for the team and we don't really know who these players are. This is why they're scouts and this is why these guys do their homework. Eric DaCosta pretty much said in the post-draft presser at the end of the first round after they drafted Zay Flowers, 
He fit what we like to do here on offense. So the Ravens are doing something. They're building something. They got rid of one coordinator. They hired another. Now they got Lamar locked in. They got Zay Flowers. They they acquired Odell Beckham. You know, we we understand it. We got Duve still. We got Rashad Bateman. Got Mark Andrews. The Ravens have a, a vision and a game plan of what they want to build offensively. And Eric DeCosta and his team felt like Zay Flowers fit. Now, whether it was a couple of the receivers that went prior to them, they thought, because I thought they were going to get uh, a couple of the receivers, one of the receivers that, you know, I didn't mention them by name, but I kind of felt watching the draft coverage. I was like, I think they're going to get Nubo. And I'm like, they better get him. And then he didn't. And then now looking at the four, I feel like, um, and by the way, I feel like Addison, who went after us to the Vikings, I think he's going to have the, the breakout year. I mean, put Addison with uh, Justin Jefferson, look out, because he'll make it me the impact. But not to say Flowers won't for the Ravens. Um, I'm interested to see how this plays out. Um, you know, do I feel like he's undersized? Because, again, I think I think fans crave that big go point, high point ball receiver like a – like a. Um, yeah, I think the Seahawks got um, Higbo. It's uh, I think like but speaking of Seahawks, like you think of DK Metcalf or some of these big physical receivers, Devonta Adams of the Raiders. Like we want that like six three, six five guy that can just go up and get it right. And the rate it's like again, everybody was like kind of disappointed. Like you know, the fan base was excited, but a lot of folks were kind of like that chatter started. Like all right, it's gonna be another Hollywood Brown, a few home run plays, but we're not gonna get much out of him, and it will probably do the same thing, burn him and trade him in two years and not get a contract. And we'll see. Um, but again. Ravens have had a bad history since 96, cannot draft the receiver. Now they can add one to free agents all day long, but will this be the receiver that finally pans out? Will Zay Flowers be it? Time will tell, but intriguing pick at 22. I, I mean, look, Steve Smith loved it. A lot of, um, you know, in, immediate reaction. I mean, a lot of, he was compared to that. I hate doing player comparisons, right? Uh, but that's kind of what you go to when you're doing draft analysis and, and when you see these rooks come in, you're like, all right, what's their playing style? Like who are they compared to? Steve Smith boasted about this pick and he kind of called out Rashad Bateman of going over the middle in the same regard. So saying, Hey, Odell does it. Zay does it. They got to get over the middle and catch the ball. So got to step up, you know, and, and not only that, but a lot of pundits and NFL current former players were loving this pick for the Ravens saying, Oh man, more dangerous on offense. Now, now they got Lamar locked in right before the draft. They give Lamar a weapon right away. They already got Beckham a, a week or so ago be, before that. So things are falling into place. You figure in the span of a couple weeks, the Ravens solidified their quarterback position and got two receivers. So they're addressing it. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. The Ravens kind of want to do, they want to go more track team and speed. I'm interested to see how he fits. Like, does he play in the slot? Is he going to be that second? I don't envision that. I mean, I envisioned Odell being in the slot, but now they got a Flowers. I don't know. I'm interested to see what the formations go. But again, we don't know this Todd Monk in offense. So you've yet to see it, right? So we don't know what that's going to look like with schemes. And this is why I'm very intrigued. But, you know, look, not I'm not in, I'm not in love with it saying like, oh, my God, and I'm gushing about this pick saying, oh, my God, the Ravens are awesome. But I mean, we know they're awesome in the draft. But again, I'm not saying sitting here saying, you know what? I hate this pick. I'm like in between. Look, I'm like, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I like the pick. I feel like it's suitable for what they want to do. It's an offensive weapon. I, but again, with that wide receiver, they don't hit on it. So I'm hoping this is the one and only time in the last 20 something years that they finally hit on a receiver in the draft and they finally offer him a long-term contract like Lamar did. So I don't know. I'm waiting for it. I don't know if it will happen, but until then, look, 
let's see what happens. But I think, I think for the most part, from what I've seen the highlights, he's going to be the explosive player that we need. Ravens were, what if not, if they weren't second to last, they were dead last in passing last year. And I know Lamar wasn't a big part of that, you know, giving them a stretch. He, he kind of disappeared in week four plus and then got hurt. But, you know, the, if he wants to go out there under pressure and, and he's excited to throw the ball and we want to throw more, these are the kind of tools you need and the kind of players you need on the team. So, and they didn't draft the running back, they drafted a receiver and they added a receiver and free agent to Beckham. So you can kind of see where the Ravens want to go, right? I think it's more pass happy, but I don't know. Let's say you, man, let's say about the Zay Flowers pick on your end. My first reaction to seeing Zay Flowers, I was like, wait, that's Hollywood Brown. That's the exact thing I thought when I saw him on stage. And I was like, "That is that the same guy? Did we just do we just do this again? Like, is this Eric DaCosta? Is this the kind of wide receiver he likes? Is he just these are his guys? So I, I don't follow college football at all. So I have no idea who any of these draftees are. So, I mean, we'll have to wait until rookie camp that's coming up this weekend to see uh, this guy on the field potentially. Let's see what he can do. Uh, Hollywood Brown had a great beginning of his career here in Baltimore. If Zay Flowers has a career like that, we're going to expect to see Zay Flowers catching a long ball from Lamar Jackson against the Miami Dolphins week one. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to. I like what Steve Smith said about him. A lot of people were saying Steve Smith vibes from this guy that have seen him play in college. Uh, I always like Steve Smith as a player as well. He even said as an as an analyst that Zay Flowers was a good one to get, and he's like, look, if Rashad Bateman or Odell Beckham or whoever else, the other guys that are in the wide receiver room, uh, they want to compete, you need to compete. Like he, he was not mincing his words here. He was like, look, if you want the ball, then get the ball. You know. So I liked what, what Steve Smith said there. But if this guy has the speed of Hollywood Brown and the attitude of Steve Smith, that I'm I'm down for this pick. I, it'll be a great pick. This offense will be scary as long as everyone is healthy on the field and uh, they work well together. So I think the reps between Lamar and Zay Flowers maybe away from the castle before training camp, if we can get some of those in as well, I think that would be great. So I think that's what it really is. This guy, I it looks like he's got all the talent in the world. So I'm excited to see uh, what Zay Flowers does on the field for the Ravens this year. Now, let me ask you, before we go to round three, you know how I like my what ifs. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to get you a little. It's going to be a weird question. OK. All right. Let's say the Lamar Jackson deal doesn't get done. Let's say that they're still stalled out. Nothing happens. He doesn't agree to anything. And it's draft night. And that guy that everyone saw in attendance in Kansas City, Will Levis, sitting there waiting for his phone to ring and he was projected to go number two in the draft and he keeps falling and falling and falling. If Lamar didn't sign his contract or agree to that contract and Will Levis was sitting there at 22, do you think the Ravens would have taken a, a shot on him round one? Great question. Cause I was curious why he fell. I think the Titans got an intriguing pick there uh, early second. I think, I think you do. I think you do it as an insurance policy and say, do it. Why not? And maybe it would be a catalyst to say like, Hey, Lamar, we got your uh, replacement here. You want to get a deal done now? So, I mean, maybe it's another chess move in the drama filled saga that it was. Um, I don't think that if that were to be the Ravens and that, what a scenario, I think, Hey, I would pull the trigger. I would have done it for sure. Yeah. I mean, man, you got to feel who told that guy 
to show up night one. Like if if his agent told him, "Hey, you're you're a shoe in. You're gonna go in the first ten. You gotta go dress up, bring your family, bring your girlfriend." I'm firing that agent. Like you, you obviously don't know what's going on. You don't know what the talk is around there. And and what owner was like, "Oh, we're gonna take you. We're definitely gonna take you in the first round." I feel for the guy. I can't wait to see what he does. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, I believe, is the starting QB for the Titans right now. He's only got one year left on his deal. So we might see Will Levis later on this year, potentially next year. But if I'm Will Levis, man, I, I'm I'm ticked off. I'm annoyed. I'm, I'm going to be using that when I'm on the field for the Tennessee Titans. So AFC potentially just going to get even even harder for the Ravens to win going forward but anyway i just thought of that i was like man if this lamar deal didn't get done and that guy dropped so far down to the second round would the ravens have taken him and you know would that have been a sign to lamar hey what's up with your deal we got this guy waiting in the wings but i don't know could have been fun who knows could have been like that draft day movie you know came out a couple years ago so let's let's skip it round two of course roquan smith was our pick in round two congratulations roquan happy to have you here round three we got a linebacker trenton simpson from clemson now patrick queen had quite a little bit to say after that pick happened he just kind of went like a sheesh tweeted out a sheesh or a huh now was something like that in reference to the pick or was it because the ravens aren't going to pick his fifth year optional which came years later yeah, that came a little bit later. Uh, Patrick Queen not getting the fifth year option. This is a this signing and this year are going to be huge for Patrick Queen because either he's going to make some money here in Baltimore in the long run if he has a really good season, or he plays so well the Ravens can't afford him and he goes somewhere else and makes some bank. But either way, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, they're going to be a great tandem to have on the field this year but will we be adding trenton simpson this year to that that will that, uh, the uh, the tag team become a trios that's what i'm wondering here so again i don't know anything about this guy seems like a good plan for the ravens they said that this one a lot of guys got picked up before they got to him and this guy really was a best player available at the time pick yeah, exactly. It's what I heard too. And I'm curious to know what names I haven't heard any of the names that went off the board for the Ravens. I'm curious to see what that looked like. But I felt like this was kind of worked out well for the Ravens at best player available because what I'm hearing the word on Trenton Simpson as soon as it was picked, I kept getting messages and group chats saying like Ravens got themselves. And there was a report out there that this could be the steal of the draft. Linebacker out of Clemson, right away I got feedback. There, there were some, some folks that were pouring in some, I guess, a scouting report, you could say, on Trenton Simpson. I knew much about him, right? Heard from a Clemson alum. He can get over the field. He can also sack the quarterback and cover tight ends. He's very good. He's got he's very solid, and he can certainly – he's got a good uh, ratio of coverage and blitzing. So um, a lot of folks are on the side of a great pick, not only that, but there were some stats out there from relative athletic score, RAS, said Trent Simpson was drafted with the 86 uh, pick in round three. He scored a 9.84 out of a possible 10 on the RAS, which is called, again, relative athletic score. This is ranking linebackers, and he ranked 43 out of a possible 2,652 linebackers all the way from 1987 through 2023. So the, the, the scaling system good dates back to 87 when I was one years old, by the way. And he ranked 43 out of that ranking system, 43rd best linebacker in the last 30 plus years. So 
I have that. If anybody wants to see it, I have a screenshot of that um, system, grading system. He got a, they got a good one, I think. And yeah, Patrick Queen probably is sheesh because, you know, whether his job's in jeopardy, whether the Ravens want to do it linebacker. But look, I think they solidified themselves with this pick. I think this was a play like a Raven pick. Um, saw the tape on it as well. Not only that, but just listening to draft coverage. He ended up being on XM. Uh, he was interviewing at NFL XM radio. So newest Raven, Trenton Simpson. I, I'm excited to see how he looks on the field. Heard some nothing but great things. So the feedback already was positive. Saying Ravens crushed it. Got a, got a good one at best player available uh, for that. Um, not only that, but I know a lot of fans were clamoring for that corner, right? And it was like, when is that corner going to come? Looked around four. Did it come? No. Moving on to round four. They drafted edge rusher to get after the quarterback to Tavares Robinson um, in round four. And uh, looking at the tape of him, he's a six foot six edge rusher coming out of Ole Miss. So SEC type player, Ravens already dressed that. So you can see they went that offensive weapon early in the you know early on in the first round. Next two picks, addressing the defense, getting after the quarterback, covering that you know with the running and the blitzing there. So. Uh, run defense versus blitzing, so they solidified the edge. I again, not mad at that because hey, Ravens do have a problem getting at the quarterback. But now looking at it, it's kind of like a who's who. You know, they got you no know, Jabo, they got away, they got Tyus Bowser, they got Patrick Queen, they got Roquan Smith, they got Trenton Simpson. Hey, put an edge rusher there, and it's important too because even though that wasn't Clay's Campbell bread butter, but Clay's Campbell's missing on the defensive line. And we we talked about that pre-draft. It was like, what do the Ravens do? And yeah, this doesn't fill the void because I feel like, you know, but um, you know, you can't fill the void of an all-pro um like a Clay's Campbell. But you know, Clay's Campbell certainly, you know, was approaching hundred sacks in his career and, and just was one shy before he left. But no, did he get his hundredth here? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think he did. He, I would have remembered it. I think it was on the cusp when he missed it. Maybe he's at nine, nine, nine and a half. But yeah, you know, Tavis Robinson, yeah, doesn't fill the void, but he's certainly, you know, something that was a need for the Ravens and they addressed it. Uh, so certainly, you know, you can't, can't risk off of that, right? You're getting a dress from the fourth round. Now we have to look at the fifth round, right? They finally got the corner they needed. Tell us about the corner. Now this corner, I, I, I believe I'm saying this night, is it Caillou Blue Kelly? Is that how you say the first name? How you blue cheese, Kelly? Yeah. All right. I know what jersey you're getting this year. Blue cheese, Kelly. (laughs) They didn't draft a player named Ranch, I'll tell you that. Um, Kelly. Dude, I was ready for that. I teed it up on a tee. Dude, I couldn't wait to swing that one. Um, Yeah, I think it's, I'm going to pronounce it Caillou Blue Kelly. All right, Caillou Blue I'm Kelly. I keep saying blue cheese. So I, I apologize if that is not correct, Mr. Kelly. Uh, I am sorry about that. It's a Stanford guy. He is a cornerback. He's a four-year starter at Stanford. A fifth rounder, though, he's probably not the answer to the cornerback issue we have right now uh, for this season. I don't know if they're going to go out and get Marcus Peters back at some point before training camp starts, but this is definitely a depth guy. He, he can uh, he can fill in when needed. You do have guys like uh, Brandon Stevens, who I think could also be there right now. He was really good last year. I think this is more of a depth move because cornerback is a position that's very important to the Ravens, but it also loses a lot of players. Through there the is season. a void because Marcus Peters hasn't been brought back. Right, and so there's potential he could come back. There is. And, and, and that's where I think a lot of fans were worried. It's like, you know, they kept looking at that, like, yeah, we get receiver or any skill put positions, but it's kind of like they circled that and was like, 
the Ravens starting the year last year were even with MP on the field, they were dead last in pass coverage. I mean, they got to remember the, the, the second game, they got torched with the Dolphins. So, but I'm confident with this pick because you know why I brought up a name earlier that there, that there was a pick after the Ravens that went to the Vikings, Jordan Addison. Kelly Blue Kelly covered Jordan Addison in college mm, okay. for USC. So Stanford, USC, Pac-12, there's connection there. So, and I saw the tape on that. I felt confident. I'm like, all right, like you said, fifth rounder might not be the answer, but it could be. Why not? There's been some diamonds in a rough late rounds. Don't always have to be a first or second round draft pick to make an impact, my friend. And uh, we already know, you know, the, the crazy as he is, Antonio Brown. I think Antonio Brown was a fifth rounder. I think 190 something overall. Uh, Julian Edelman was a late round pick. We know Tom Brady was. Um, does you can find these guys anywhere? Um, how many first and second round busts have we seen? And so, uh, but again, I'm excited that they dress that with this specific player and in, in, in with his expertise of covering that kind of receiver in college. I'm certainly okay with it. And and to being him added on defense, they do address the corner. But not only that, but you know, sidebar, they did add a corner this week, Rocky Sin, you know, not draft wise, but you know, as a um, free agent to solidify the corner position again. He's a young physical corner, has a background in wrestling, and there's a reason why you go out and see the tape on him. What better name? Then Rock Yassin. So, no, they didn't draft him, but they just signed him this week to a good contract. He wanted to be here, wanted to be a Raven. Felt like he does play like a Raven, has that, you know, the instinct, playing ability. Um, so, not only in the draft, but in the free agent pool, and the, you know, they do add and solidify the corner position. So, I feel like the Ravens are they're patching holes, man. You know, yeah. they have the holes to address, and, and they're doing it. And not only that, but I think going into round six, they had one pick left. They didn't have a seventh-round pick. And they went offense on that when they picked an offensive tackle. Yeah, you tackle this name. Oh, you want me to tackle this name? <laughs> you tackle this name. Apologize in advance, my friend. <laughs> Sala Omave Lelu. Lelu, okay. Lelu. Not too shabby. I gotta say, you did pretty good there. Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> it's like it's, I think you're the first one that butchered Haluti Nada's name when he got drafted. I think. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, Nagata is probably what I said. Remember, remember the bid on NFL Network when they were talking about Odafio Way, and he was like Odafio Way, and it was like Peter Schrager was like getting it wrong every time. Every time. Like, every time. <laughs> yeah. Good uh, luck with this one, uh, yeah. Schrager. <laughs> I think I got it, but I, I have to actually find audio coverage of his name maybe out there and see if I'm right or wrong, but. Apparently his nickname, or they call him Sala, so maybe we'll call him Sala for short. But they closed out the draft by picking a six foot five, over three hundred pound uh, offensive tackle. So um, again, need to protect the quarterback, you know, run run pass block, and uh, you know, it seemed like last year both Lamar and Huntley, uh, not Lamar Huntley, but Lamar and Huntley, I should say, um, to clarify that they both running for their lives. I felt like we just couldn't hold hold the blocks. Um, not to say we're not, you know the guys at the front can get done. We need to bolster that a little bit further. And I think this one is that kind of deep, deep pick stash maybe makes an impact. Maybe not. We'll like to see, but love the upside on it. Can't really get mad at it uh, in a sixth round for, for offensive tackle for his skills at six, five, 300 plus pretty good. Not bad. Now, everybody thought that was it for the Ravens. You know, the, the guys at the lounge went to record their podcast, but hold up the Ravens trade back. I into this one. I say this one just for you. Who I did they appreciate trade back that. To get? Who did they trade back to get? 
They went round seven, number 229. Why couldn't it have been 213? Uh, and they went with Andrew Voorhees. And he is a guy from USC, and uh, he is, he's a guard. He uh, tore his ACL at the Combine this year, so he will not be playing at all this upcoming season. But Andrew Voorhees, he's a guy that uh, I knew absolutely zero about, except when I saw Voorhees was being drafted by the Ravens. I got, please make this team so I can have a Voorhees jersey. Give him number 13, please. Because he could just be like Jason Voorhees, you know, Friday the 13th, that great franchise. I I, I love my, me some horror movies. I want to see a Voorhees on the field. But this guy tore his ACL at the Combine and then did 38 reps on the bench press after with a torn ACL. That's that's a that's a bad man right there. That is a tough dude right there. I think he will fit in perfectly with the Ravens and hopefully in the 2024-2025 season, we get to see some Voorhees slicing and dicing on the field. Well, that's kind of what I was excited about for you. I know you love your horror, and you were all excited about this pick for sure. But, again, like I said, does Duvernay give up that 13? That's kind of fitting. It has You have to give it up, Duve. I mean, Please. Voorhees 13. If not, I think you'll do a custom one. <laughs> I think you'll do a custom. Are you going to do a custom jersey? I've done. I did a, a custom one for Kamar Aiken back in the day, so I could definitely get me one for Voorhees. I think you can do that, but no, this again. You know, he's, he's like you said, he's hurt. He might not pay, make that impact this year, coming off the injury. But that recovery and like you just shared with us, that just speaks volumes. Maybe that's what the Ravens were looking at, saying this could be that that, that pick that you know you know practice squad or kind of deal. Maybe you know, kind of filling the ranks a little bit. But uh, you know, again. I you know, I think really... I think Josh Brinkley, our buddy Josh Brinkley, actually yeah. told us that if he hadn't torn his ACL, he was being projected to go in the second round this year. Really? So we got what second, maybe third round talent for a seventh rounder to trade back in. Pretty yeah. nice. Yeah. So yeah, Ravens made a splash. They got back into the draft, which was a nice little um, notification I got saying the Ravens are entering, re-entering the draft again and getting a new player. I'm like, we're Got back into it, didn't they? Couldn't help themselves, but um, didn't have to give up a lot to get back in there. It was a future pick. Um, so um, I can't remember who they traded with. Was it Vegas? I'm, I'm not – I don't have that information at the moment. I'm sorry. See, I, don't, I didn't see the team name. I just heard, I just got a notification that just said – and looking back when it just said the Ravens trade back into the fourth – or into the seventh, I should say, sorry, and they select the Warriors. And I was like, oh, Okay. Um, you know, and there's a recap of the 2023 NFL draft. Feel like the Ravens uh, across the board, they got some, you know, some grades. You know, there were some C's handed out, there were some A's, and there were some B's. You know, overall, you know, I, I'm going to st stamp a B grade on it. Like, look, you know, this they they always draft well. I'm not going to sit here and Jim cool and give them A's or A pluses again. You know, but you know, let's see what they have. And I'm going to go middle of the road. I'm going to give them a good, maybe even a B plus a higher grade than that saying like, look, they, because they address the holes, you know, the Ravens are weak at corner. They're addressing the wide receiver room. They, they got a, you know, a top pick there. And, you know, let's see what happens with that. The, the only thing is we understand that they haven't hit a home run on that at all um, in their draft history. We'll see. They've drafted, they addressed the holes who they needed to, where they needed to. And not only that, but they added a fresh crop in the undrafted free agent pool which one I got to see play last year. 
I went to a couple of Delaware Blue Hen games up up the road, 995. Nolan, they drafted Nolan, the quarterback from uh, University of Delaware. So excited to see what he can bring maybe to the Ravens in the future. I mean, I don't know what, what that could be a practice squad right now. Phil Bodies on the, on the squad, but uh, I like that. So it's a name I'm familiar with, at least the undrafted free agent pool, uh, the undrafted pool, I should say. So uh, overall, I thought it was a very like clean cut draft. You know, they didn't make the splash. They didn't, you know, do what the Texans did, obviously, in trading, which, you know, they had the second overall pick, and then they traded to get number three back-to-back. So the Houston Texans, with the surprise of the draft, not only drafting their franchise quarterback at two, or it's hoped to be there at C.J. Stroud, but, you know, they traded back in uh, to get their cornerstone on defense. So, um, you know, they traded once they back in, but up. Um, so there's quite a bit of moves, moves made, but, you know, overall – I think last year's draft in the first round was a little crazier, but again, you know, you can think the Ravens, you know, I've heard all the, all the, the a lot of folks, but you don't know, you know, for the hardcore college football uh, fans out there, they know these players and they can kind of really put that real opinion on it in the real grade and be more fact-based. You know, me, I look at it as look, the Ravens have always been done well drafting. Yeah, there are some misses, but overall, they're one of the best in the businesses to do it. Um, that's why I kind of give them a, want to give them a B, B plus grade. You know, because look, at the end of the day, no matter where you pick, first or seventh round, at the end of the day, it's a lottery. It's luck. You know, did you get the right player? Will this player pan out? Will they stay healthy? I mean, just look at in you know, the last few years. You know, some of the receivers didn't pan. I'm like, look, Baker Mayfield, first overall, first overall. I don't even know where he's at at this point. Lamar just got a big mega deal. Those are the kind of deals that first overall draft picks get, not people who are picked 32nd, and he's league MVP. So you just don't know where you can find folks, you know, and, and where they fall and where they land and how they help the team. So at the end of the day, again, we can break down the, 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 the draft picks all day long. I'm excited for these guys, and that's what it is. I'm excited because these guys are realizing a dream, man. You know, they went to college. They probably didn't think they were going to go pro. I mean, they had the ability, right, but – you do a college career, go through you know, go through your college collegiate experience and, and go earn your degree and go play some football and might work out an NFL gig. And who knows? If not, gotta go get another job. So I'm excited for these young guys to get picked because there's only 200 plus picks every year to get picked, and only a few select of them pan out uh in getting mega contracts and become stars in the NFL and maybe future Hall of Famers. So can't wait to see how it unfolds for not only the Ravens, for all the other teams involved. You know, it's now and can't wait there's futures being made and let's see what these newest ravens have that's right and, and late breaking news here on the call old news when you guys actually listen to this but we officially can say that uh cornerback kelly uh we've got uh your boy lalulu or however you say it apologies to him and uh Voorhees all officially signed their rookie contracts so three down three to go they are officially signed, sealed, delivered Baltimore Ravens at the castle. So three down, three to go. Here we go. Season starting, guys. Rookie camp's right around the corner. So, Josh, have we covered everything for this episode of The Call? Uh, a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get something else out there. Um, okay, let's do it. Yeah, so I want to ask you, and I, it was remiss to saying this with the Lamar situation in the beginning, but there's a lot to unpack there. But I want to ask your thoughts on this. I'm going to see if you're seeing what I'm seeing or if I'm just going crazy, but, you know, we understand that there's been division in, in Ravens flock for the last few years. We can certainly say that, 
And I feel like more so, and this was, and this isn't coming from, I mean, yeah, the contract was the catalyst because it finally got done, but I feel like I had these feelings, especially going into last year, long before a deal even got struck was, you know, I've always said for, for the name of the front Jersey, not the back. And I feel like, you know, me and you do the podcast. We talk Ravens, you know, we're very good, very good friends. We do it, you know, for the fans out there, but we also do it just because we love to do it. Right. You know, we're not paid media. We don't have to be, you know, always roses or always doom and gloom. Like we, we call it, I guess we call it down the middle, right. We say what's on our mind and how we feel in, in the moment week to week. Um, and we're all real. It's a call. It's real talk. But, you know, I feel like lately, you know, I've kind of like, I'm look, I don't want to like live life as the fan with the purple glasses and the purple Kool-Aid and like, everything's fine and nothing the house isn't burning down and things aren't fine you can certainly be critical of your team but like what my frustration lies especially now with the contract being signed you're seeing the ugliness still come out and i'm seeing fans that were like you know again i know the ravens lost against dolphins but i will point it back to that lamar's touchdown run in that game that put us up 35 to 14 you know i remember you know certain fans being at the game and like certain fans online like all elated right and then now these same fans who were not only with that touchdown around, but other things, right? The Ravens doing well and winning games and, and making plays, you know, celebrating that success now coming out. And even with the contract, Lamar's a bum, not worth the money. Hope he breaks his leg. Um, you know, you're hearing that chatter and seeing that chatter, like not deserving. He's selfish. He's holding the team hostage. That's how you feel. That's how you feel. But for me, it's like, and I want to hear your thoughts on this because this is the first time I'm kind of addressing this, I would say publicly, right, on, on a forum like this, because it's my thoughts. And I'm frustrated because I look at this way. Yeah, I feel like when you're a fan, you ride or die, right? Not saying like, oh, you, you have to think everything's roses, right? Like there could be problems. You can be critical. But I'm seeing straight hatred for Lamar even after he get the bag. And I'm like, look, you can be critical. We're critical here on the show. We're always critical, right? Do better. Like I, you said it when you challenged me with the contract, like what does he do with the contract in five years? You better go win a championship now, bud. Like you got the bag, go do it. Like, I'm not saying like, you know, get the bag and sit on your hands and who cares and let's go out and lose football games. Like the frustrating part is it doesn't translate into playoff success. And that's the, that's the other problem. And we're all frustrated with that. But what I'm saying is people just straight hate, man. Like, and what I don't get is these same fans, you know what they're going to do, turn around and do in September when they win football games? They're going to post all all happy. Oh, Ravens go out and ball. That's my team. But do you realize that in order for the Ravens to win football games to be successful, you know Lamar's a big part of that, right? You know an offense, he touches the ball every time, right? Do you know if the Ravens score touchdowns? Do you know who's a direct result of that, right? Like, to me, I can't wrap my head around and understand people's mindset of, and I'm talking not critical, but straight hatred for the guy, but then going out on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays and celebrating the success of the team. I call those fans out. I will continue to call those fans out because I don't think you can do that. And I'm not letting them get away with it. I'm holding people accountable. And you, you might call that, you know, I don't know if there's a term for it. I don't know what you call it, but you might be like, Josh, you might be wrong. I don't care. I'm sick and tired of like when the news broke and people just comment left and right, you know, straight hatred. I'm like, I'm just seeing straight up hatred. Like, what did he do to you? Like, you're mad because he only won one playoff game. Okay. I get it. Right. But it's just like, I, I just, I'm seeing fans who were like all about Ravens. Now it's like, they're mad at Lamar for some reason, but then that's my problem is, and I even challenged the fan openly on, on the comments on Facebook. I said, help me understand. 
I don't think you can be a fan. I told him to find a, new, a team to report because I was like, I don't think you can be a fan of the team if you hate that guy so much that has a direct correlation of the success and failure of the team that you can't root for the team to do good. I, I just don't see the connection, man. I mean, I don't know if I'm crazy. I don't know. I would love to know your thoughts on that situation, on that perspective, but I, I just want to talk about it, like unpack that. Like I'm sitting here and it really bothers me. Like, look, be critical, but I, what I'm seeing is like straight hatred and I've had enough. I, I, I'm just at the point where I've just had enough. Like at this point, again, I'm ride or die, root for the team or get off the ship. That, that's kind of like where I'm at at this point because it's just, again, Lamar, he's going to be the quarterback for five years. If you don't like it, I don't know how else to help you because the Ravens do good. He's going to be a part of that. So I don't know. I'm just frustrated with that. It's, it is very interesting to see the fan base because before the contract, uh, the fan base was divided after the contract. I think the fan base is still divided. (laughs) Uh, Time will tell. I mean, that is the only thing I can say. Am I am I ecstatic that Lamar is locked up for five years? As a Ravens fan, I'd be more comfortable with the three-year contract. But I'm sure Lamar wanted something long-term, five years. So that's something you had to, had to bend. The mindset we have, not just with football, but with a lot of society right now, is my way or the highway. And there is no bend or break. And that's unfortunate because negotiations is give a little, take a little, you know, you can't always have everything your way. 100%. We, maybe we're spoiled because, you know, we can customize our phones and our music and our playlists and everything. Now we have it, everything our way all the time, but that's not how it really works. I think time will tell. I think game one, September 10th, the Baltimore Ravens go out and they lose by 20 points these people are going to get even louder saying how terrible of an idea this contract was. Uh, if they go out and they win by 50 points, everyone's going to say, oh, I love Lamar. He's the best. We're so excited to have him back. He is the team. If Lamar gets hurt after Thanksgiving and he can't finish the season, you know, people are going to say, why did we give him so much money? You know, there's there's got to be a pool out there somewhere of an over-under how many games Lamar actually plays in this five years. You know, if he's scheduled to play around like like the Ravens by week three, they had like Lamar and Odell in like a uh, hospital triage bed, like hung up, like because obviously the track record is they get off hurt, right? Coming off of the injuries. But, you know, you're right. It's and that's no thing. It's going to be more drama and exhausting because it's like with every snap, every pass, everything that's done right or wrong. It's like I told you so. Ha ha. You're wrong. I mean, it's just like enough. Like, if you can't sit here and enjoy a Ravens football game front to back without all that, like, I just want to be able to enjoy it. Like, enough. Like, throws his first intercept pick six. It's like, oh, wasn't worth the money. Okay. Well, Jalen Hurts just got a bag, and he had a fumble that was returned for a touchdown to the Super Bowl. Why, why, why is it okay for him to do that, but Lamar not? He lost the Super Bowl, which is common with Colin Kaepernick and Rex Grossman. I mean, if he want, because I, I kind of challenged some people on that. They were like, Lamar got 260, won the Super Bowl, and I'm like, Jalen Hurts got 255 and lost the Super Bowl. So what's your point? And I got dead silence on that end because I'm like, yeah, there is no point. He lost the Super Bowl. He didn't deliver a championship to Philly, and he got the bag too. Like, you're going to have to pay for the talent. Like, sorry. But you're right. It's just frustrating because we're going to deal with it for the next foreseeable future now. Now that he's locked in, it's, here we go. And I'm just going on record saying I'm going to hold people accountable, and I'm not going to choose to partake in it. Like, and you might say, like, holding people accountable is partaking in it. No, I'm not. I don't need to say I told you so. I don't need to go on social media now that he got his bag and go, ah, 
I knew he was going to be a Raven all along. I'm right. There, there's no right or wrong. Well, it's just like, again, you can not choose to be not happy for him. That's fine. But it's just like, again, he just got paid. Like, you know, it, like we said, Steve Bichotti's money is Raven's money. They want to spend it on Lamar, and you feel like he's not worth it? Okay, then go out and start a NFL franchise and pay who you want. Like, you know, I, I just love the, all the armchairs. <laughs> I can do things better than them. Okay, well, they'll go do it. And that's the, I think that's the fun thing about being in this type of environment, sports media, fandoms. You know, everybody's got the opinions. And everybody wants to be louder than the other guy, right? And everybody wants to be right, but there's only one answer. Only, only a few select can be right, and – at the end of the day, I think we crave it so much. And because he put that out there on draft night, you're going to get so bad at me. And because it hasn't happened yet, that's the problem. We're all, we're all mad at holding Lamar accountable in the same regard because it hasn't been delivered in five years. But like I alluded to, don't want to compare, but John Elway took him his whole career. Not to say he probably didn't go on draft night and deliver, promise the Super Bowl, but Lamar, at the end of the day, Lamar's story is not being done written. He ain't like he's been in the league 15 years and we ain't gotten anything out of him. Like, okay, one playoff went out of fight. We get it. But what if he goes out in the next five years and we get the two title games and go out gangbusters and we're making progress? Now what? Now okay, now we're making progress. But then the goalposts will be moved. Oh, we ain't won one yet. Okay. Well, Burrow and Burrow's gonna get paid two next, and these losses are bowling, so Jalen Hurts. I mean, at the end of the day, there's one good team and 31 bad ones at the end of the season. So it ain't like if Lamar don't win it every year, it's gonna be a failure anyway. So I digress, but I just wanted to unpack that because it just, it's, you're right. The divisiveness is just, it's disgusting. Like, why don't we all, what happened to just going to the bank or going to your local watering hole or going to your friend's house and rooting for the team and like high-fiving when teams go, not sitting there and like, oh, you got to deal with every everything bad thing Lamar does. And you, it's like you post about a Ravens win and it's like, oh, yeah, Lamar almost lost you the game. Like, we get it. Like, enough's enough. Like, it just, at that point, I'm just trying to just drown out the hater. At this point, ignore them. Like all they want is the attention, and it's 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 emptiness, man. It's back and forth, and I get it. good banter's fun with rival teams and Steeler fans, but amongst your fan base, it's getting old real quick, man. And I'm just over it. I, I think that's where I'm at. I think I'm just I'm done now with the drama being done and the contracts there, and it's done. It, it does. It almost feel like it weights off my shoulders because it's like ah, oh, finally we don't have to bring up like you say like. You don't have to bring up the Ravens without hearing Lamar's name. I mean, you still do now, but in a different light. But it's like, oh, you're you going to sign a deal. Is he worth it? Is it not? Now, now it's okay. It's done. They they, they met, and oh, what's done is done. But I, I just wanted to get that out there, brother. I, I definitely want to have a conversation about it, and that's why I was itching to – I've always wanted to have this conversation with you in the recent weeks. But I was like, you know what? Let's use our, let's use our forum. Let's talk about sure. it. Oh, raw and real. Raw and real. But that's where I'm at with it. So – but I'm going to choose to hold people accountable, whether you agree or disagree with that's another story. But frankly, I'm over it. If you want to publicly say it, I'm going to publicly call you out and be like, hey, remember months ago when he signed a contract and you were all pissy? Um, yeah, you can't root for the team like that. Like, because you know he just threw three touchdowns, right? Do you know he just threw the game winning touchdown you're celebrating? Like, that was Lamar, the guy you just called a bum. So to me, I just think it's contradicting to rooting for the team if you're going to trash the guy. That's, that's where I'm at. Like, I just don't think you can do it any fan. Not even Ravens, but I just don't think you can do it any fan. Like, people don't like Harbaugh. You can be critical. Okay, well, he's the head coach. Like, yeah, I, we agree. He makes boneheaded mistakes. And he gets out coached a lot. But don't mean I'm not going to 
I'm going to spew straight hatred for Harbs and be like, oh, my God. And I'm going to root for the team. And then when they do good, I'm like, well, you know, he's the head coach, right? Like, I just make you look like a fool when you're, you're just so full of hatred, but you want to turn around and root for the team. Like, I just don't think you can have it both ways. That's how I, that's how I feel about it in, in, in a long-winded, <laughs> long-winded rant. That's just kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, the the city will turn purple if they make it to the Super Bowl, if they make it into the playoffs. We know that. We'll see that in January. I think you're but, right. No, the championship gets delivered, all is forgiven, right? No one, no one, everybody forget about what they are. Oh, I didn't call them a bum. They just won a championship. What are you talking about? Like, you're right. Winning cures all. Delivering a championship cures all. Yeah. But it, it's, it's been frustrating, man. And huh, I just want to get back to being one good Ravens flock and rooting for the team. And yeah, if they lose and Lamar does bad and it sucks. Yeah. Let's wallow in it. And let's talk about it. But I, I'm just tired. That, that's the thing I'm talking. About. I'm just tired of the hatred. That's the key word. I'm tired of the hatred. There's just straight hate out there. And I just don't know why. Yeah. Look, we'll see what happens this season, but yep. Lamar, Lamar bet on himself. Lamar got the contract he wanted. Now he can focus on football a hundred percent. So that's all good. We'll see if it actually pays off. Uh, you know, he, he is a super duper talent, an MVP guy. You know, he, he's he's one of the best to do it right now. So there's no taking that away from him. Kenny, though, only time will tell. He's got the weapons now. We'll see what happens. But it'll be fun to see. But, yeah, fans fans will never be happy. But that's also why, you know, they don't work in sports. <laughs> there's that's a why reason they're for called that. fans. <laughs> yeah. We just, like to, we just like to stay stuff to stay stuff. But, now nah, it's – it's interesting, you know, it, again, it's all in fun and I'm just going to choose to root hard. And if you don't like them, fine. I mean, yeah, what it is, you know, at the end of the day, but we're all, we all get mad when they lose and we all get mad when they don't play well and they don't win and we get it, but we'll be along for the ride. And 2023 has been uh, off to a banging start already and a hot start for the Ravens. And uh, you know, what's on the horizon we get to see not only now that we knew the Ravens that are drafted, we know some players are under contract, but now we get to see when and where this all gets to play out in this season. And uh, later coming this month, I think what next week is the NFL signing a schedule release. So uh, me and you'll be there to reveal and break it down yep. and uh, get to see and circle some dates where the rivals are playing uh, or let's just say when the rivals are playing, not where we know where um, we know the opponents. Now we just got to have the dust settle and, make it all plan out and make our uh, plans. And I can't wait to see how the holiday, the holidays would shake out. And, you know, the Ravens, you know, I know that, that today there was a leak already. The Germany games have been decided. The four teams playing in Germany, there'll be two games in Germany. Um, and they've been decided. I don't know if you saw that news break. So the Ravens I are not a yet. part of that. So, um, no, so the Ravens they are, are not in Munich. Oh, that's a bummer. Bears and Chiefs, Saints and Patriots are expected to be the two games played in Germany. So you were going to have, again, Bears versus Chiefs and Saints versus Patriots. So the Ravens are not a part of that, but there's the four teams. Last year they did an experiment. It was Seahawks and Buccaneers. Uh, Tom Brady being a part of that was the first game in, in Munich, and now they're adding two more on the international series. Um, so big things, man, big things. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see how it all shakes out. But as of right now, the Ravens aren't – doesn't look like they're going to be on any international games. But we'll see if that's even changes this year and if it was a secret out all along. But I can't wait for the schedule release apart from the draft. Again, this is another thing I look forward to with you because you get to see how it all shakes out and, and see how many away games we go in a row and how many home games we have in a row. And 
where the divisional games line up first. And if we're going to play in Cincinnati the end of the year for like the 10th straight year as usual, uh, can't wait. You already know that the end game is going to be in Cincinnati. So it's kind of like where the other 16 games going to be played. (laughs) I guess you already know what the last one's going to be. And I always look forward to that first one. What's that first one like? Yeah, and, and the AFC is, is a scary beast right now. Like the oh. NFC, they've they've it's a cakewalk for them. Oh boy. Yeah. He's a but jet. I oh, still weird. can't believe that. Weird. But anything else we should talk about on the show? No, brother. I think we got it, man. We had some uh, got some good things out there. So no, I think uh, me and you have uh, now can digress of all four points, and I'm going to give a hearty quote: "The Raven never mo." All right, everybody. Well, if you'd like to continue the conversation with Josh or I, you can. You can go over to our Discord, discord.gg slash the call podcast. Make sure you you follow us there. Join our server, and we can talk all things Baltimore Ravens. Tell us what you thought about this draft class and what you think of Lamar's contract over on Discord. Now, you can also check us out over on Facebook, facebook.com slash the call podcast. Like us over there. Whenever a new show comes out, you'll be the first to know. And you can listen to the show directly over on our Facebook. Now, we do the show for free. You listen, stream, and download for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, Overcast. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. All we ask in return is for you to please spread the word about the show. Write us an Apple Podcast review, rate us over on Spotify, and then let people know on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Pinterest and Instagram and Reddit and Snapchat and Twitch and TikTok and and Hive and Discord, anywhere you're social on the web or with your phone. Say, I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. I listen to the call, and you should too. So that is pretty much it for the show this week. Maybe we'll, we're back next week. If the schedule comes out, Josh and I will get together and be able to talk about that. But it all depends on what the NFL does next. And we got rookie camp this weekend. So if any news breaks there as well, we'll be back to talk about it. But that's why you got to follow us on Discord. That's why you follow us over on Facebook, because you never know when a new show comes out during the offseason. So that is pretty much it for the show this week. Josh, take us out the way you always do. Brandon, man, thank you so much. It's been a lot to unpack here over the last week or so for Ravens. Um, it's been some good discussions, and uh, great to also discuss with you guys out there when the social apps. It's been fun to you know ask about draft strategy, who we think are going to get, breaking down picks, breaking down the Ravens strategy, what they might do next, breaking down the the Lamar saga that's always ongoing. Um, it's always good to chat with you guys out there. So keep the conversations going. We love to always converse and, and, and you know, talk Ravens football and, and whatever else is out there. We, we love you guys. We appreciate the support. And uh, now that we have uh, gotten through the Lamar contract situation, we got through the draft, looking forward to some schedule releases, looking forward to some uh, mini camp discussions. And I can't wait as we press forward through the off season and, and hit our checkpoints, right? Because like you said earlier, we're three months away from preseason football. I'm two months away from putting draft parties together for fantasy. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to come quick. So don't want to wish the summer away, but I feel like I sleep and I wake up in like two weeks past. So uh, enjoy while you can, but we're going to be back at it uh, in, in action in due time down, down in Baltimore and the rest of the cities. And I can't wait to get it started. I remissed uh, before we head out. No, this covers NFL, but I will say, Inaugural season coming back, I say, for like, what, the third time for the XFL? We have to give a shout-out to our neighbors down the south, D.C. Defenders 
made the XFL title game. I don't know if you know wow, that. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I kind of went. They were nine and one this year. So they play a ten game schedule, ten week schedule. They were nine and one, best record. Um, they won last week, and they are in the XFL championship, which is next Saturday night against the Arlington Renegades. So uh, if uh, if you want the football fix in the spring, I know USFL is going on. I haven't really checked out the games there. I saw a few highlights. But for those that are hankering for some NFL or how say NFL football action, correction, um, XFL championship uh, culminates uh, Saturday night on the 13th. So, uh, yeah, can we see how it all plays out? I don't know if you've dabbled in XFL at all this year. I've caught a few games. I didn't want to, I wanted to go to a game live and never did. Maybe next season I'll get around to it. But um, for some of the action I've saw, I was really enjoying it. And I love the rule changes that they implemented. I hope the NFL implement some of those into the league and not only that but a few players have gotten a call up i think a player off the battle hawks from st louis got a call up for miami for a workout for miami dolphins so this could work out well for players because you're seeing a lot of former nfl players former nfl coaches in there and a lot of familiar names that hey this could be another second chance for them to get rejuvenated in their career so um again you know whether you like or hate the product it's an opportunity for people. And you have to remember that with jobs always being scarce, it's what it is. It's another avenue provides people an opportunity. Same thing. We just we're down at wrestling. AEW. AEW provides another avenue for the wrestlers and, and that entertainment industry. So, you know, you know, you, you can, you can have the rivals with live golf, PGA, AEW, WWE, XFL, NFL. I don't look at as rivals. I look at it as it's, it can either be healthy competition or it's another avenue for players to do what they need to do. Um, so they're growing the sport. I love it. So I just wanted to plug that in there for all those who want the football fix. And we'll be here every step away to cover NFL. Not only that, but our Baltimore Ravens. So with that, I'll leave you with this. The ink is dry on the contract, but you know what? As always, we're going to choose to rise above it and let's fly high. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by Brad Lepore and Daniel Kelly from the DBK Studio. For more information, go to brandocash.com.